Welcome, you're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello, world, and Happy New Year. Shelley Rose Shearer here from Living Well with Shell, and I'm thrilled to be back. I took the month of December off, really, really needed it, um, and I'm definitely feeling better. I am going to be battling some new things this year, and I will share them with you, and if there's any of you out there that need any help, please feel free to reach out and uh, let me help us. We'll go through this together. It's no, no big deal at all. That's what I'm here for. Now, 2021. Wow. It is quite the uh, world out there. A couple of things to remember. Evil has permeated this world for a long, long time. And probably what I'm seeing right now this past nine months is that North Americans especially are having a really tough time dealing with this kind of, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for, this transformation that's happening right now, and I include myself in that, because we live a really good life. It's false, it's fake, um, but it's comfortable. And before you get your knickers in a knot, I want you to think about a couple of things, Okay. When I say it's false and it's fake, we have become a society of uh, consuming. That's really what we do. We put people and uh, celebrities on pedestals. We look down on ourselves and think we're not enough. You are. (laughs) You are as exactly as nature has intended you to be. We, hate, we make up our minds and hold limiting beliefs about things. We close our eyes to the evil that's going around in the world because it doesn't affect us. Well, I think one of the hardest things that's happened in 2020 is that that's lit on that soup box, a soup, sorry, pot of evil has been lifted and we're not liking what we see. We're not liking the things that we've turned our back on. We're not liking the fact that maybe we voted for, you know, someone that did this or did that or promised this and we put our faith incorrectly in powers that be or in people and entities that maybe we shouldn't have. Uh, I really think it's time to take personal responsibility. However, the caveat to that is to have grace and compassion right now. A girlfriend of mine sent me a message this morning and it couldn't have been better timed. She has a knack for that. She's actually, uh, some of you, my regular listeners may have heard me use the word my team. Some people call them their angels, you know, whatever. But for me, it's my team or my higher self, as Maureen St. Germain talks about in in her book, Waking Up in 5D. She's going to be a guest on the show, by the way, coming up here soon. So, and I'm really looking forward to that. Um, And just having a conversation with her. Her book changed my life. Now, if you are one of those people that follow my book recommendations and you got this and you might be three quarters of the way through and start going, oh, this is getting a little woo-woo. Remember what I always say. Take from it what you can and discard the rest. Maybe you don't believe in interdimensional or dragons or some of the, that's fine. Maybe it's real, maybe it's not. If it's real and you're not there yet, let it go. 
Grab what you need in this moment to make the best decision possible for yourself. And one of the things for her book that changed my life was adopting five-dimensional thinking of not having um, judgment, but observation by not believing in karma or right and wrong, but just, again, observation. And when you listen to some of the Lori Lads and the psychics of the world right now saying, you know what, this is just an alchemization going on right now, guys. We're just raising our frequency, raising our aware- awareness. Listen to that. Even if that's the only thing you can grab onto right now, that, you know, what if, is there more? Hang on to that. That's all I had a year ago was just that belief that there there might be something more. There's something else going on here. And through that this past year, it has opened me up to so much more awareness and learning. But I had to take that first step of opening my mind and heart and soul and changing my mind and letting go of limiting beliefs. My father passed away November 11th. I actually have mentioned it in some of my earlier podcasts. I did not do, oh, actually, that's not true. I did a podcast on his death. I haven't published it yet. And uh, one of the reasons was, one, I just realized within a few days I had more information I needed to share. Kind of like when I shared, you know, uh, putting our dog down last March. It was, you know, an emotional experience, but it was also, you know, let me tell you what happened and what to expect if this is your first time dealing with stuff like this. Now, my father's death was an absolute relief for him. He suffered from advanced dementia and he had declined really badly this year. I mean, really bad. He should have been in a home, actually. He was really more than my mom could handle. I don't even know how my sister, who lives on, the, on my parents' property, I do not know how she actually got through this with them because they weren't making it easy. My mom doesn't make decisions well and she doesn't, she's uh, kind of a passive aggressive control freak. So she wants to feel in control, but take responsibility for nothing. It's who she is. It's not going to change. Um, so we really, as a family, as, as the, as the, as the siblings and her children had a really tough time dealing with the barricades she put up and her, her emotional and control issues and doing what was best for everyone involved to keep everyone healthy and safe. It was a challenge. But the best thing that really did happen was by the end of the summer, my sister just put her foot down and said, he's going in a home, mom, like enough. You know, he was, uh, he was pushing her and had hurt her a couple of times unintentionally. Uh, dementia patients around the four or five o'clock in the evening kind of get what they call sundowning. So he was getting very violent in the evenings and ranting and raving. She was forgetting to give his medication because she's got the beginning of dementia, uh, which actually quite honestly right now is, we really hoped that after his death, she would see an improvement because the stress was gone. No, in fact, she's actually declining faster, uh, five times faster than my dad did. So we've been seven years dealing with my dad. And I'm not going to lie, there's part of me that says, oh, my sister says seven years of my mom now. You know, it's it's tough when we're in sort of the, you know, coming out of the prime of our life into our pre-retirement years. And you feel like your whole life has just gone from raising children now to raising, you know, looking after elderly parents who won't work with you. It can be very discouraging and uh, upsetting. But here's a little piece, and I know I segwayed off here. Here's a little piece. Um, Just observe. 
I had a great talk with my sister the other day and just said, hey, I need you to let go of this guilt. You cannot take on what you wish, hope, and had thought, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda, it's the name of this podcast, of mom's life. She's 80 years old. She's now got dementia. She doesn't have much long being independent. She might not even be long on this earth if she just wants to follow daddy. And she made these choices. She chose not to have a life beyond my father. She chose not to have friends. She chose not to make decisions or have a will when she was cognitive that would make plans for what she wanted. She chose to do nothing. Not our job to pick it up. And you know, it's funny because we were, we were comparing notes the other day about what she was like with her mom. And she was awful. Honestly, there's just no other way to put it. My mom was awful. And my sister picked up a huge amount of that slack. And all of us grandkids did what we could. But my sister, uh, you know, didn't have a job. Uh, she was raising her children, living on, the, on my parents' property. And one of the things that Maureen St. Germain states in her book, she says sometimes when we're t- dealing with, with what we might consider unfairness in a family or, you know, why, sometimes you might just have to accept where you, you know, what you decided to bring into this life. My sister lives a, what we call a supported life. She is supported financially and everything by my parents, money, estate, and businesses. I was not. And I struggled with that for 20 some odd years, if not longer. I've now learned to accept it because with that support, she was the one that was able to spend five, seven, eight years, who knows how long it really went on, maybe almost a decade, of her kids once they went to school looking after my grandmother. She's the one that ran her twice a uh, week to the store and took her down to the old folks' home. She literally looked after my grandmother on my mother's behalf. So I said to her, don't forget that mom can't expect this from you. She didn't certainly didn't give it to her own mother. She made these choices and or lack of them. And it's not your responsibility to give up your life for her. We can love, we can support, but we don't need to give up our existence to someone else who refused to look after their existence. I know that might sound a little harsh, but just keep that in mind when you're carrying guilt that isn't yours to carry, okay? And so Marine St. Germain makes a comment of this in her book about how, you know, if you've, are you, if you're being supported by a trust fund, don't feel guilty about that. Be grateful and, and do what you can in the world. So it isn't about being entitled. It's just about accepting that this is the life that you have been given does not discount, you know, being more, doing more, making more. It's just, maybe there were some things that you agreed to before we came down here for this physical, physical experience that are your lessons to learn and in this particular lifetime my sister's less my sister had lessons to learn but her life was supported mine was not but without that differentiation I wouldn't have wouldn't be the person I am doing what I do now I wouldn't have learned the lessons in order to help other to help you to help other people to my listeners to my coaching clients to my bookkeeping clients even for 28 years I would not have what I need to do what I need to do to be me and Angie's life was different, but she stepped up. There's one thing my sister is not as lazy. Oh my goodness. Not even remotely. So where her life was supported in the fact that she never had to work, she picked that up in support in family areas and other ways. Okay. And in turn, she's the major caregiver of my mother today because she's the one that lived the free life on their property. She's the one that doesn't work. She's the one that looks after that, looks after her. So sometimes it all just works itself out and it's really important to step back and look at the big picture 
and say, how does this benefit me? How do, what do I need to learn here? It was very funny. My sister used that exact term the other day and she's, she's certainly not like me when it comes to, you know, being open and things like that. Uh, she is a strong Christian, but sometimes has a very narrow focus because of the bubble that she lives in. But even she said to me, she said, what lessons do, you know, mom's, if mom's going to live for how many years, even though she has no life, no friends, no life, no spouse, and her mind is going so fast. Her physical body could hang on for years, but her mind, we have six months on the, on the, at the most, unless there's some miracle and she will have to be cared for. She goes, what lesson is we, do we have to learn from this? And I applauded her so much to say, exactly. Maybe if we learn the lessons faster, my mom can let go and go into her next level of existence. I don't know. First of all, you guys need to all understand. I do not believe keep keeping old people alive for the sake of keeping them alive. I do not believe in keeping old people in homes where they can't feed themselves, where they can't bathe themselves, where they're drooling in an armchair just to make myself feel better that I'm doing what I can for them. No, I do not believe that's how the circle of life works. I do not believe that just because we can means we should. I believe in the sanctity of the, our elders. They carry wisdom and knowledge. Let me tell you, dealing with my son right now and some of our differences on what's going on in the world right now, I just, you know, when Beerta sent me the message, have compassion, they're still learning. Oh my goodness, that changed everything. And the older I get, the more I understand my parents' perspective on how they handled me, how they handled our family. Doesn't justify all of their mistakes. It's just I have a better understanding. Because with wisdom, uh, wisdom comes usually with time and experiences. So our elderly carry a lifetime of wisdom with them. And and throwing them away into old folks' homes so we don't have to bother with them uh, because they're too sick to be in our homes, I, I just don't really think that's the answer. I think it's important that we look after our elderly and we incorporate them into our lifestyles, that our children know them and respect them. They're not some just crappy old old people or um, cranky old old people or sickle old people. These are the people that gave me life and I in turn gave my child a life and then my child gave my grandchild a life. This is how nature works. So when my sister uh, said enough, it's time to go into a home, they put the application in, they were really concerned because they said it, it will take months, if not a year, if not longer, because there just was no beds. And then we don't know whether it was because people were bringing their old folks home, old folks home because of COVID, or whether there were just so many deaths that the beds arrived. But within a month, we got the phone call in September saying the bed's available. My sister phoned me. She says, I need you to help me convince mom. I said, I support you. We did. They phoned me the next day. We can't do it. Okay. I support that. It is your guys' decision to make. This particular decision, had I had no authority in this. So I just literally had to stand back, observe, and support. And you know, it was really tough because we never would have seen our dad again if we put him in the home and my mom would have seen him for 30 minutes a week. But we were looking, you know, what if dad lived another two years? Like this, we, we couldn't go on like this. His, my mom's old and weak and frail and her mind's going, she can't keep his medication straight. She can't keep him clean. She wasn't even keeping her house clean. It was getting to be social services type situation. But it was the best thing they did. And I just had to stand back and have faith that there was a plan because I didn't agree with him not going into home. He needed care. However, I had to stand back and say, 
there's something else here to just have hold on to the faith of it and sure enough you know within two months my father has passed away so and he declined very very quickly now while he was at home dying for those three days and the day of his death you know just so you know for any of you that are perhaps dealing with this or thinking of dealing with this his body let loose of all fluids and bodily functions a couple of hours before his death and I come from a family of people with gag reflexes that cannot handle puke and poop and baby they can't handle any of that stuff my husband my sister my brother my nieces they're all terrible it's so funny but my mom and I can now my mom very pragmatic very just let's get her done gift of service she has no sense of smell I have the ability to actually block off the back of my throat and so I have no sense of, can create no sense of smell I sound like I'm talking you know through a you know like my nose is plugged but I can do that and we had to close off the family close the door and clean him you know full diapers um threw up the you know black liquid it was and then I realized later when I did some research it's like this was the body shutting down but it took us an hour to get it done and it was just horrific I'm not gonna lie so just be aware that unfortunately that is the that is the side effect of people at home and my mom looked at me and she says now I see why people don't bring their families home to die I said I know mama but we did we got this handled we will get the room aired out we will clean things up we will get daddy ready to say goodbye and he died within two hours of that um and we were all there all there touching him bedding was clean room was fresh uh god was with us there was just no doubt in my mind it was just the best thing and the more time that passes and i i go back onto that memory the more grateful i am just so grateful so you just never know he needed care didn't work out my mom and I were enough I'm still strong enough to be able to have lifted him clean get his clothes off him up until this point we've we've had to call the boys in to get him into a wheelchair into the bathroom to we've actually had to you know literally hose him down right out of the chair out of his wheel in his wheelchair at times uh the, the last week but because that's just life body of bodily funk fluids just carry on folks so you do need to be prepared for that but let me tell you nothing not any of those few days in advance or that last two hours are ever going to take away the amazing experience of being there when he passed it was such a it was you know it's sad it but my said goodbye to my dad my dad's been gone mentally and emotionally for years for me in fact you know we've had a tough time just ensuring that we just don't get personally hurt by his attacks he gets verbal and just says awful things and then 10 minutes you know then an hour later he looks at my mama and pats her cheek and I love you honey <laughs> and the very last thing my father ever vocalized ever on this earth was the day before he passed my mom was cleaning him up and he looked up at her he opened his eyes because he hadn't opened his eyes so Sunday we all went down we knew we knew things were 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 dire we got him cleaned up we got him into his wheelchair we got the bed changed and properly protected like none of this stuff was getting done because there was no nursing staff there we lowered the mattress to the ground inside the frame just all these things to help my mom but dad never got out of bed again as it was so um I sat him up in a we got they got the boy sat him up in a wheelchair I cut his hair uh and we washed him and put him back into bed he was speaking a little bit that day 
The week before, he was still shuffling a bit. So this, this decline happened really quickly. He had to go to the hospital. We discovered he had a heart condition. We chose not to treat it. Not with advanced dementia being this close to death. We said, no, DNR, we're taking him home to die. And it's a hard and very brave thing my sister did. The doctors applauded us. No, not the doctors in the hospital. They wanted to treat it. The nurses applauded us. Our GP applauded us. She says, so few people can do this. You guys are amazing. And I'm so glad we did it. But you just need to be prepared. And you also need to be prepared to stand up for yourself. There was no point having the medical system treat a heart condition to a man that has been begging us for months to die. No, we wouldn't do that. So we brought him home and then we had this kind of rough two weeks with him and then he sort of rallied a bit and started walking a bit with a walker. But that Sunday when everyone was there, we took pictures, da da da, got him cleaned up. He went to bed that night and he never got out of bed again and he died on the Wednesday. So Monday is, or Tuesday is when he looked up at my mom and for the very last time, he told her he loved her, thanked her for the life that she shared with him and it was the last he ever spoke. So she has that memory. She has that amazing memory to hang on to. And we have the memory of all being there with him and seeing him off into the next life. We, I feel, treat death so wrong in North America. Like it's something to avoid at all costs. It is not. Your spirit is eternal. This is just an experience. And if we could accept that, and teach that right to our children. Like my great nieces and nephews were all in the room. Now, the only one that knew what was going on was my six-year-old great nephew. And he always called uh, that crazy papa (laughs) because unfortunately all his cognitive life from three years onward, my dad was long gone mentally. And uh, my sister just looked at her grandson and said, Poe, this is life. This is okay. It's okay to be sad because we're being left behind. And, we're gonna, and I'm going to miss my daddy. But you need to know that this is just life. This is the circle of life. Just like the Lion King. Okay? And we don't, I think, teach that enough. We don't teach enough the sanctity and the um, respect that old age and, des- and death deserve. We hold it in abeyance like it's to be, like I said, avoided at all costs. Or that it's the end of everything. And it's not. I have a very spiritual girlfriend whose husband visits her in the form of light orbs. Um, She's caught it on film. It's quite fascinating. And she knows it's him right there in the room with her. I mean, she can sense his energy. So we don't know. That's the thing, guys. We don't know. But if you at all believe that we have a soul, if at all you're a Christian, and even if you're still in that very blinded type Uh, existence that I like to call it that's just scripture based and not thinking outside the box at all that is still fine the bible says that our spirits and our souls are eternal well if they're eternal then why do we get so caught up in in the um the part about the physical body dying you know remember the movie the mummy Death is just the beginning. <laughs> so, you know, claw that into the, uh, into the um, caskety thing they stick them in. Yes, we don't know what else is beyond here. But I think I definitely, now that I've seen both my grandparents pass away, I was there just like my father with my grandfather when he passed away, taking his last breath. 
And let me tell you, you get enough experience in this and you form a very different opinion than you do when you're younger. When you're like, no, no, the people that I love can't leave me because you need them. We need them. They are in pain at times and want to be released. So we need to let them go. And did you know that sometimes I believe that we can hang on to them energetically? Let them go. Let them choose. Let their spirit choose what's going to happen. I think my dad chose. And it all played out brilliantly. And no one else has that memory of his couple hours before death but mom and I. But we are the ones that were equipped to deal with it. Why should any of my family have been in that room for that kind of hour? No one needs, that's nurse work. No one needs to be there. And let me tell you, the company that I had contracted with to come and pick up the body and take it to the funeral home, they were two women that arrived. And my God, the respect was unbelievable. And the reverence, and they came and took him, and the quilt that went over him was a hand-patched quilt. There was nothing medical about it. They treated him with the most, this is Delta Funeral Parlor, by the way, in, Nor- in Ladner, if you were in the Lower Mainland, and one of my listeners, they were spectacular. And I just want to, hopefully their spirits hear my gra- gratitude. They were amazing. They were absolutely amazing. So all of that is experiences where I stand back and say what the things that are going on in the world right now have patience, have grace and compassion. Lots of people are not agreeing right now. Here's an example. I'm going to use the United States as an example. It's not a surprise that the world is full of evil. We watch it every single day. We watch dictators and um, communism uh, holding people hostage. We see pedophiles and murderers and rape. We see um, child trafficking and drugs and lack of, of respect for human life. We see it everywhere. We've been watching it our whole lives. But especially North America, we're a little bit detached because we have a good life here. And now, all of a sudden, we have this election issue. There are some that believe Trump's a complete idiot. There are some that believe Biden is is connected to the Chinese Communist Party. There are people that believe my own prime minister is is a communist sympathizer. And uh, we have Chinese communist troops training winter warfare in our northern provinces. That's a fact. The pictures are there. It's it's been on the news. It's, It's a fact. But what if all the people that want to keep Trump in power because they feel that he will keep pushing back against the CPP, Chinese, uh, CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, and will keep pushing back against the government in Canada, who there's people that believe are sympathizing with that. What if he needs to be in power for the changes to come? But what if Biden's the one that needs to be in power? And what if what they're saying about Biden is true and we need him in power for the evil to really show its face? There's people that just love Biden. There's people that just love Trump. There's not a lot of people in Canada that love Trudeau, actually. (laughs) We are not a real country divided. We're actually a country being held hostage. In the United States, it's a country divided. And it breaks my heart to watch that there could be civil war down there and the anger and stuff that's going on. But it also angers me when I watch the news and the governments uh, in Canada more so even um, use the news outlet to fuel fear. That is helping no one. So it's really up to us to look beyond. 
just like the situation with my dad in the old folks home and it's where he should have been in my limited knowledge and thinking without knowing, having a crystal ball and seeing what the future holds, what if? So hang on to this for me. Let's, let's hang on to this. Things are as they should be. You may not agree with them, but if you can let go and say, okay, say, say you're an American right now that is so upset that Trump's not in power and that Biden's going to be in power. Can you let go of that anger and that rage and that judgment and, you know, that hatred you have for the Biden supporters and say, do you know what? In the scope of existence, this is what needs to happen right now and become light. I truly believe with a lot of the mystics in the world and with the Bible, with revelation that we are in the end times and that that end times is actually in my world equivalent to the alchemization that they talk about right now of darkness. And I believe it's all tied into what Marine St. Germain talks about waking up in five dimensional thinking and what Lori Ladd talks about with um, alchemizing the light. Uh, I believe these things are all connected and I believe that is the time that we are living in. Did I ever think I'd live in this time in my lifetime? No. No, I never, never did. I really didn't. But I am and there's really not much I can do about it. So I ask you now, join me in this new year to work on ourselves. What's going to play out is going to play out. And I don't mean to sound defeatist and I don't mean to sound, uh, there's another word I'm looking for, a fatalist. Is that the is that the right, correct word? It's simply a matter of holding light, showing graciousness and compassion for those that perhaps still have to learn. And maybe you and I are the ones that need to learn. So let's hope that someone has compassion for us. Because let me tell you, there's a lot of people that disagree with my, disagree with my way of thinking, including my own son. So it's not like we all are not in this boat together. We are. We might not all be in the same boat, but we are all on the same ocean, guys. Every single one of us. So a couple of things you might want to try and, you know, accept, get your head around to help you. First of all, reach out if you need support. Tell us, tell me what you need. Would a Facebook group help where people can go in and ask questions and get, um, help and uh and that sort of thing there there's a high functioning private group on facebook and i just have it locked down right now i just reserved the name and i haven't done anything with it but i'd be, be willing to go into that forum once a week and answer questions that sort of thing tell me what you need and i'll be happy to assist uh because i believe right now we just need to hold light and like i said the compassion and people are still learning uh we need to understand that we are collective consciousness and are all in this together I believe that coming soon, there will no will not be us or them. Right now, it is us and them. The whole world is divided in different directions. And the corruption and the media and the politicians and the dictators, the evil that is has permeated this world is dividing us because they know there is less of them than there are of us. But as long as we're divided, we can't and won't fight back. Be all the light that you were born to be. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. 
Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com. You can also join the discussion on Twitter at livingwellwithshell and Instagram at www.instagram.com slash livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through Shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan. <laughs>